Alright, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. What a day to be a pack frick. Take two. <laughs> take it take two. Alright, here we go. What a day to be a Packers fan. It's Pack a Day, your 24 7, 365 day year Pack a Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com, and joining me on a glorifyingly wonderful day in Green Bay is Jacob Westendorf. Jacob, how you doing? Doing okay. Uh, real surprised. I think I'm still coming down from the emotional high, uh, emotional shock, really, I guess is the way to put it. This is a, a new regime in Green Bay, and it's definitely made. Uh, some people that spent all of yesterday complaining look a little ridiculous. Yes, that's what happens on Twitter. Sometimes they they don't understand the meaning of the word patience. But here at Pack a Day, we're all about patience. And I just kept saying to myself, something's going to happen. There's got to be something out there. I wrote about a couple of weeks ago about some of the free agents that they should be looking at. And two of them actually came up. And that really just set me off. Like I was actually driving to the gym at this point and I had to stop the car and realize did we just get this guy did we just get this guy breaking news came in this morning Zadarius Smith of the Baltimore Ravens will sign with the Green Bay Packers tomorrow now keep in mind and also Jacob you know this tomorrow is the official day of free agency signings and you can cut players and do anything like that so this is just an unofficial move but the Packers are going to make this move with Zadarius Smith they, not only that, Rob Domoski reported that Preston Smith of the Washington Redskins, he was also signed today. Adrian Amos, safety from the Chicago Bears. Ian Rappaport reports this. And then Tom Silverstein and Adam Schefter, Billy Turner, offensive lineman from the Denver Broncos. They are all green and gold today. Uh, four free agency signings. Uh, Jacob, I can't remember the last time this has happened. No, I think that, uh, you know, the first thing that came to mind was they signed Julius Peppers that in 2014, and then like two days later signed Latroy Guy on. But even that, we're not even talking like this morning, you know, I get the news that Zadarius Smith's coming to Green Bay. I'm like, okay, there's the pass rusher, yes. and it's just going to be the only one. And then they get Adrian Amos. I'm like, there's the safety. I'm like, okay. And then I kind of stopped paying attention for a while, and then, bam, I come back, and it's like, okay, Preston Smith's a Packer now, and so is Billy Turner. Uh, it's incredible, really, to think, uh, because, like I said, you know, yesterday, I understand to some point you see all these other teams making moves, and you're, as a fan, you're frustrated or, you know, getting a little anxious or whatever, but Brian Gutekunst waited. Uh, the value, some of the contract details have come out. He's got some really good value on Preston Smith. Very uh, the much Amos so. deal is not terrible. Uh, Billy Turner's deal is maybe the one that's the least reasonable. We don't have exact details yet on Zadarius Smith unless uh, you're prone to believe Jason Lockenfora, which I am not. So I'm excited. Uh, the pass rusher is fixed, like we mentioned. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say it's fixed, but it opens up the draft to a wide variety of possibilities. Yes, because Packer fans need to understand this, that just because they went out and got some pass rushers does not mean that they're out of the sweepstakes for Polite from Florida or Brian Burns from Florida State. They're still going to be looking at defense. But this is the veteran help that the Packers have sorely needed to help build them up. If you watch Oren Burks last year when he came back, he was confused because you had Clay Matthews on one side, and if Nick Perry wasn't playing, it was sometimes Reggie Gilbert. You need those edge rushers that understand how to play this game, how to blitz, how to get the ball out of the hand of the quarterback, and you got them. 
Preston Smith was a bullseye. Four-year, $52 million contract, $16 million guaranteed. Four interceptions last year. The guy has had two eight-sack seasons and also four-sack seasons as well. He averages 55 tackles a year. But what I really loved about him when I was watching him off the edge rushing was his ability to really confuse the quarterback, to get him out of the pocket and even make mistakes like fumbling the football or losing it in uh, off the snap or anything like that. And then you talk about Zadarius Smith, who it's just... Uh, this Jacob, he's versatile. He is a versatile player who can play defensive end, linebacker, defensive tackle, and pro football focus made him the most underrated free agent, and I could not agree more. Coming off an eight-and-a-half sack year, and he wasn't even a starter, and he was still able to make that impact right now. Baltimore fans have got to be in shock over that loss. Yeah, and they should be because now Terrell Suggs walked out the door as well. And the Ravens, I saw somebody say, you know, they committed to playing run the ball and play great defense with Lamar Jackson. And it's, I mean, you can't really do that if you're letting really good players walk out the door. Darius Smith, if you have one concern or if you want to make one, yeah, he wasn't a starter, a full-time player That's the true. last couple of years. Uh, and that can remind, I had a Bears fan friend of mine remind me of Pernell McPhee. It was kind of the same thing that happened with him a few years ago. Uh, the hope that you have here, as you have with any guy that you give free agent money to, is that they stay motivated, stay willing, uh, stay open to trying to earn that contract. And But as far as on the field, Darius Smith's a good player. He plays inside, he plays outside, he weighs 270 pounds, he's long, uh, he's athletic, able to get after the quarterback, and really... I mean, honestly, the Packers could have added any of the free agent rushers and they would be in a better situation than they were last year where, I mean, with all due respect, Nick Perry played through his injuries. He had some injury issues, was a good player when he was healthy. Clay Matthews is one of the greatest players in the history of the Green Bay Packers, especially true in the modern era. The guys are either old or injured and not as good anymore. So now you're looking at two younger guys. That's the other thing we haven't even talked about yet. These guys, Preston Smith, Darius Smith, they're 26 years old. Yes. They're children. I mean, these guys are in the prime of their career. Those and aren't your... And this is something, Jacob, right here, that the Packers have never done underneath Ted Thompson. They never went and got guys that were just heading into their prime. And, you know, you talk about that with Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith right there. I mean, those are two young guys who have already had a couple of years under their belt. They come from good schools. They understand this. And it also helps that the new inside linebacker coach, uh, Kirk Olivia Nettie, he worked with Preston Smith on that linebacker core. So you got that already that uh, that familiar aspect of working together. So I think this was a tremendous move by the Packers. But I think the one that everybody, it's got to be in shock in. And I understand that the Bears had to make a choice. You either go with Eddie Jackson because he's a fourth-round draft pick, or you sign Adrian Amos. They're going to sign Eddie Jackson here pretty soon. But Adrian Amos, that was a... A heck of a signing. I remember watching this guy, Jacob, when he was at Penn State. And then even in the bad years of the Bears, I used to do some play-by-play on the side, uh, kind of when I was first starting to get into this business. And I was able to watch Adrian Amos play. And this guy was a hard-hitting, old-school player that really impressed the heck out of me. And also, he is scary on those deep ball coverages because he can really shut you down, confuse you, or even like kind of like hit you in the shoulder and uh, force you to make a mistake or fall to the ground. So that was a good move, and that was actually a four-year, thirty-seven million dollar deal. I'm I'm floored by that one. I think that was the best signing of the day. Yeah, as long as they're, I mean, 
making him a overhang defender, box safety, whatever it is you're talking about. That's what he is. As far as his, yeah, as far as his deep coverage skills, he's played uh, some free safety for Chicago before they drafted Eddie Jackson. That's not where he excels. Uh, it's where you know he's playing close to the line of scrimmage. He's the type of player though that Mike Patton's going to love. He's going to play mm-hmm. close to the line of scrimmage in the slot, blitzing, getting after players. And I've seen some highlights of his hits, and my goodness, clobber uh, <laughs> knockers for sure. So I've seen the contract or the contract details. Not a whole lot of money guaranteed to him. And let's be honest, uh, like I mentioned earlier about. Anybody being an upgrade, uh, in this case, this guy's not Josh Jones or Kentrell Bryce. Uh, he's a very good player, and again, he's 25 years old. He's a young guy, so an upgrade there as well. And, we're ta- and that's a great point as well, but the thing that I really like about these signings is one word comes to mind, attitude. The Packers never had an attitude on defense. Now, they have an attitude with these signings. Because you got a hard-hitting safety, you got a speedy edge rusher that is able to confuse in the pocket, and then you also have Zadarius Smith who can play linebacker, defensive end, or defensive tackle. So if you see Zadarius Smith in one spot in the next play, you'll see him in the other, and probably right by Kenny Clark. So I'm really excited, and if you're Mike Pettin, you got to be sitting here going, finally, I have veterans, old-school guys that will work in my 3-4 defense because the linebacker core is the key aspect of a 3-4 defense. Yeah, and like you said, they've got they've got guys in place now. They got some young guys and the draft is uh is opened up uh, to the point where now they can they don't have to take an edge rusher. They certainly can at 12 overall, but they are not boxed into that, which they're never truly boxed in. They'll say all those things, but they weren't going into the regular season with their starting edge rushers being Kyler Fackrell and either Fidal Brown or Kendall Donerson. They were going to add bodies to this point, and they did a really good job today. Uh, they have two big shoes that have dropped, and now uh, it remains to be seen what they'll do for the rest of the offseason. I'm not sure what their cap situation is right now. I can't imagine there's a ton left, but that's why they have Russ Ball. He's the capologist, and I am not. This is a Pack-A-Day podcast, uh, 24-7, 365 day a year, Pack-A-Day podcast bonus coverage as we cover the breaking news of the Packers making four free agency signings, including Zedaria Smith from the Ravens, Preston Smith from the Redskins, Adrian Amos from the Bears, and Billy Turner from the Broncos. And let's jump into this now, because the Packers went offense in their last one, and this is Billy Turner. Uh, watching some of his film, solid solid player because Jacob one of the biggest problems to the Packers having such a rough season was was defending Aaron Rodgers 49 sacks on the year they were in the bottom five of a quarterback sacks last year and getting Billy Turner this is a guy who did a great job and he can be able to play guard and I would not be a bit surprised if this really opens up the Packers to possibly draft an offensive lineman in the first round yeah, it could. Uh, I mean, there's that might have been on the docket anyways. I do know uh, with Billy Turner, uh, the guard that – well, it's a guard tackle. I would imagine he's going to play right guard. They gave him $7 million. They didn't do that for him to sit on the bench. And I would imagine Brian Belaga is still in their plans to be their starting right tackle at this point in time. So with that in mind, Turner's going to start at right guard. That's an upgrade to Byron Bell. Again, we're talking about how anybody would have been an upgrade. I would have been an upgrade to Byron Bell. uh, (laughs) That guy was a turnstile. So So, Justin McRae. Yeah, Justin McRae. doesn't really matter which one, but they have somebody there that they think is a bona fide starter. That is good news. They gave him some money. 
Now we'll see what they do. I mean, even if Balaga is back this year, you are still looking for a replacement for him next year. And something I like about the potential of adding an offensive lineman, whether it's the first round, the second round, doesn't really matter, is I was very against the idea of drafting, just for namesake, let's say Dalton Reisner, and then they plug him in and have him play right guard. And then next year, Balaga's gone, and they have him play right tackle, and you're looking for a right guard. I call that the Kyle Long. Uh, the Bears did that with Kyle Long. He came and he played guard. He was an all-pro guard. Then they moved him to tackle. He got hurt. He wasn't as good at it. So why why do that to somebody if you don't have to? This way, Billy Turner comes in. I presume to play right guard. They can find somebody, groom him for a year to be the right tackle, and then next year you plug him in and replace Balaga when his time, presumably, in Green Bay would be up. Yeah, because the thing is, is that, and I want everybody to understand this, don't start printing off Super Bowl tickets or anything like this, but this is actually now, finally, the dawn of change that Packer fans have wanted with Brian Gutekust. I mean, he came in, he had to clean up Ted Thompson's mess, and now, finally, this is like the first official year of a Brian Gutekust Russ Ball front office, and also with new head coach uh, Matt LaFleur. And when you look at this, too, we talk about the Ted Thompson years, and we saw just this version. And I was talking to Mark Echo of Packaday last year when we started up this podcast, all of us. I told him, I said, it feels like I'm watching Ted's guys and Brian's guys playing on this team right now, and it's not mixing in. That's why I kept saying that this will feel like a transitional year. This will be a year that actually feels like the Packers will be back in, back in this they're going to fight the Bears hard. They're going to fight the Lions and the Vikings. And, you know, you can look at this now finally and say, hey, this Packers playoff window or even Super Bowl window, we just opened the heck open again. Yeah, it's opened up. It's way opened up. And, you know, that's not even going into again. They still have three picks in the top 50. I would assume right. at this point they're not trading one of those for no. D Ford. Uh, I would think not at this point. But, now they can do uh, anything really that they want to to make an addition to this team. This is the team that finished on third place last year. They were embarrassed by the Lions on the last game Twice. of the season. They were shut out. And, uh, I mean, hell, if we want to talk about the Lions, the Lions beat the Packers four of the last five times they've played if you really want to get into embarrassing. But they were a step behind Chicago, to say the very least, at the end of last year. Chicago has a very good roster. They have a very good defense. But I think Green Bay has definitely closed that gap to some degree today. Uh, the Bears have opened up some cap space. We'll see what exactly that is for. Uh, maybe it's for nothing. I don't know. But uh, you'll see something in terms of Green Bay closing that gap and getting closer to competing for division titles and hopefully Super Bowl titles, which is where we all want Green Bay to be. Right. And that, that's the thing also is, yes, let's keep this in mind. The Bears are the best team in the division, and they're going to be until the Packers knock them off their perch, and it's not going to be easy. But this really ex should excite Packer fans because now they can go into Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, and give it everything they got. And I mean, it's not going to be like, oh, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be, oh, it's going to suck. Oh, we're in trouble. No, it actually feels like these are going to be some really rough and tumble games. Kind of feels like ice tub time, you know, because the Vikes have a good defense. The Bears have a tremendous defense, and then the Lions, you know, building up their defense right now at, at bay, grabbing Justin Coleman, a very good nickelback, and then grabbing Trey Flowers yesterday for, and I, I'm just going to say this right now, I'm really glad that the Packers did not go and sign like $80 million guys, because I don't know what they see in Trey Flowers, but $80 bucks, holy cats, 
And then that's the thing too is, Jacob, is look at these contracts. They're all fair. Four years, 52 mil. Four year, 37. Four year, 28. And the guarantee money is is between 15 to $20 million. I mean, that's a win right there for Russ Ball and Grant Gutekus financially for the future. Yeah, and all the guys that have been in my mentions and everybody else's the last couple of days complaining about Russ Ball, uh, here's an Why? L. Take it, sit back, and take a seat. Uh, I don't <laughs> think we can complain about that anymore. I don't think we need to hear about how Russ Ball has control of the purse strings and Brian Gutekunz can't do what he wants. Like I said, they never gave you reason to worry about those things. So don't worry about them until they become a problem. It's not a problem. Gutekunz just spent a gazillion dollars today on free agents that if Russ Ball was truly in charge and as tight-lipped with his purse strings as you guys claimed that he was, well, then they probably wouldn't have done those things. But they did. Here we are. The Packers have a bunch of guys. And like I said, it's a new world order. It's a new change. in. It's a big change in Green Bay. Uh, and hopefully something that, I'm not saying they need to spend a million dollars, you know, a hundred million dollars every single year at free agency, but no, no. it's nice to have the standpoint of at least free agency is an option. You know, this time, two years ago, we're talking about what guy can they draft, and we talk about that for eight weeks, and by the time we get to the draft, we're almost tired of that because there was nothing else to talk about. There's nothing else to think about because free agency was an afterthought, if anything, in Green Bay. So a new change, something I like to think, and Brian Gutekunst, who said, we'll be in every conversation, we want to be aggressive, and we'll pull the trigger if it makes sense. He's a man of his word. And yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, is that let's realize this, is that you know Russ Ball was in charge of the finances when – uh, Ted Thompson was there because they had Elliot Wolf, they had Alonzo Highsmith. So those were the guys that Ted Thompson was looking at. Now it's Brian Gutekust who got the general manager job, and then he decided to make Russ Ball now his second-hand man. And that's the one thing is, if you take a look at the finances of the Green Bay Packers underneath Russ Ball, they are always in the green. They have never hit the red. They've never lost money. And these kind of money-making moves... If they made sense financially, I'm all for it. I think this was a great move by Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball going forward. And I'm just going to say this too, Jacob. I understand, you, you know, but I always call it as, you know, premature Twitter. And that is when this happens in February and March. You know, everybody's just like waiting around on free agency. I want this to be perfectly clear. The Packers are not trying to win free agency. They're trying to get the players they need, need and then draft the players and build that up together so Matt LaFleur actually has a legitimate good football team in his rookie year so we're not looking like a team that's going to go 3-13. and 13. Yeah, I mean, and this is a team last year, by the end of the year, was trending backwards. Uh, they couldn't, they, they found ways to lose, they never found ways to win. And that, I mean, I was in the house for the Lions game that I mentioned earlier it's one of the worst un uninspired performances that I've ever seen. Um, I mean, what more can you say? I think that that, if nothing else, should have been a wake-up call to this Packers team, this Packers franchise. You've given Matt LaFleur some pieces. You've given Mike Patton some pieces. Now they're in a better position to succeed than they were when they woke up this morning. Exactly. I mean, I don't know how much else you could say. And as I said before, this is the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner. And uh, you can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sports. And joining me right now, uh, Pack a Day contributor Jacob Westendorf, as we break down the breaking news of the day for the first time in, I could say, what, 20 years, that the Packers have signed four free agent players and did not need to break the bank with any of them. 
giving them all four-year contracts. Now, we are still waiting for the results on Zadarius Smith right now, but we can proudly tell you that Rob Domoski reported today that Preston Smith will sign for a four-year, $52 million deal. Adrian Amos, four years, $37 million. And offensive lineman Billy Turner from the Denver Broncos, a four-year, $28 million contract, $11 million guaranteed. Uh, when I look at those guaranteed money numbers, that makes me feel good because when you look at like the Landon Collins signing, $64 million guaranteed, I mean... If you were a Packer fan, you had to sit there and go, no, we should not make those moves. Why does this feel like under the radar, though, Jacob? Well, these weren't the, they were bigger names, but they weren't the big names. You know, Adrian Amos gets overshadowed, Earl Thomas, Lamarcus Joyner, Landon Collins, for example. Those are all guys that signed before him. The edge rushers, overshadowed by Trey Flowers. Uh, like I mentioned, Zadarius Smith wasn't even a full-time starter, so that's a little under the radar from that regard as well. Billy Turner, that's not somebody anybody was talking about uh, before today even started. He's a very good offensive lineman. For those of you guys that want more information on that, check out Ross Uglum. He's seen him play since he was in college at North Dakota State. Played a little bit of tackle in Carolina, a little bit of tackle and guard in Denver. But, yeah, they're not, they're not these big-ticket signings, as you would think, even though the money there is a little bit bigger uh, than what you would think like a one-year, $3 million deal for a free agent might be. But, yeah, I like it. They moved quietly. Uh, you didn't hear their name a lot yesterday, and I completely understand that. And then today, all of a sudden, it was just like stealth. Bang, 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 bang. Four moves in the span of about an hour and a half. Those guys are in Green Day. Uh, if you want to call it under the radar from that standpoint, I'm all for it. And I think they did, like I've said several times, I think they did a good job today. I think so, too. And also keep in mind that yesterday, it was a quiet day. I mean, they were able to re-sign... Uh, Lucas Patrick, a pretty decent offensive lineman. They got Jake Kummerl, the preseason hero of last year. So they brought him back. So he's going to have a second chance. So they were able to just make these little quiet moves. And then after the dust settled, they were able to jump in and uh, create the news cycle that it was. And also, this really makes me happy because it took away all the hype to Nick Foles going to the Jaguars. So that's just a great job by the Packers. Once again, trying to dominate those news headlines with under-the-radar moves and then get the heck out of the way and get ready for the season. Yeah, that's where we're at. So now, I mean, I don't know how much, I mean, there's a lot of time between now and the draft, so... The Packers could potentially be in the mix for some other guys. We'll see. Uh, like like I said, we won't. Well, that's a good question. I know that they've been supposedly been a team to watch, quote-unquote, for Mark Ingram, the running back out of New Orleans, Cordero mm-hmm. Patterson, running back wide receiver kick returner from New England, formerly of the Vikings. Uh, I, 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 just, I can't say that I know at this point just because we won't have a real grasp on what their cap situation is here for a couple days yet. But once you know that, uh, they have some money that they'll have to save over for uh, their draft class, and then potentially maybe a wide receiver, maybe a complimentary tight end. I would imagine the fo- maybe an inside linebacker. I have my doubts there, but I would imagine that their focus at this point might be on the offensive side of the ball if they do anything else in free agency. But even if they don't, uh, you'd look at their biggest needs. Edge rusher and safety were probably the top two. Uh, and then they go ahead and add a offensive lineman, which was definitely towards the top of that list. I think the Packers really attacked all their biggest needs. And as we've said about several times, now they have flexibility to do almost whatever they want. I always keep saying that March is the best is the best month of the year, and it just gets better and better when something like this happens uh, to the Green Bay Packers. So 
I mean, I, I don't know what else to say here. I'm just still kind of uh, shell-shocked here. But Packer fans, if you are looking for good game film uh, breakdowns, uh, please follow our guy, our savior, our king, uh, Andy Herman of Cheesehead TV. Ross Uglum on there, also doing some good breakdowns of each player. And I'll also have some more in on this on my Packers Talk article coming up. And you can find that on www.packerstalk.com. Uh, Jacob, where can they find you on Twitter? I am at Jacob Westendorf. Reach out. I've been talking to you guys a lot the last couple days. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm on uh, Jake Turner Sports. I'm a very busy guy, unfortunately, down here at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. But I try to get to you as much as I can. And we always appreciate here at Pack a Day all the, the love and support that this Packer fan base continues to give us. And uh, hopefully they enjoy this uh, great bonus coverage that we gave you. So to recap here, before we finally say farewell... Zadarius Smith of the Ravens uh, will be signed tomorrow as the free agency period begins. Preston Smith, uh, four-year, $52 million from the Redskins. Adrian Amos from the Bears, four years, $37 million. And Billy Turner, offensive lineman who was cut by the Broncos, four years, $28 million. That is what the Packers are doing. And don't be a bit surprised if they decide to go get a couple of under- under the radar guys but maybe a little bit lower money but right now this is probably as big as it's going to get for the Packers going into the beginning of the league season so for Jacob Westendorf I'm Jake Turner and the three greatest words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers will always be go pack go enjoy this wonderful day as the Packers make four big free agency signings have yourself a wonderful afternoon and we'll talk to you soon All right. All right, yeah, just send it over to...